Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Especially those who are visiting with us. Saw some familiar faces this morning from a few years back now, and so grateful to have everyone here today and just grateful to be together. The Bible says, come into his presence with thanksgiving come into his courts with praise we have to have a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of praise to have an acknowledgement of his presence here among us and his presence is here with us we're thankful we're grateful and we praise him for his presence in our life that Jesus who we just heard about that Jesus that we just sang about the blood of Jesus haven't heard a great song about the blood of Jesus like that since the old hymns uh, about the blood, but uh, it's a it's a great new song Ethan just introduced us, isn't it? And uh, just such a focus on the the purifying, powerful blood of Jesus that gives us victory over sin and death and hell and the grave. The blood of Jesus that gives us life, eternal life. The blood of Jesus that's washed us clean and given us a new hope and a new life, life in heaven, eternal life. Thank God for the blood. Amen. Thank Jesus for sacrificing his life, giving it to us. It's, we've been focusing on the gospel of grace and, and these last few weeks. And remember when we finished off the book of Mark, we, we finished the very last words there and that uh, Jesus spoke to the disciples was to go forth into the, all the world and preach the gospel. Go out there into the world and preach the gospel. The word gospel, it, what's the word gospel mean? Does anyone know? Good news. It's good news, right? And uh, anybody remember, the, what's the answer to every Sunday school question, everyone? It's, it's, whenever you're in Sunday school, the little kiddies, and what's the answer to every question? It's got to be, you know, Jesus, right? Jesus. You could ask a Sunday school kid, it's like, what's, what's grey and fluffy and ends up in the tree? What do you think they'd say? Jesus, right? No. But that's the answer to every Sunday school question, is Jesus Christ, and uh, kind of. Here's a Sunday school question for you. Who is the gospel... Who is the gospel? Who is the subject of the good news? Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's the answer to that question. But the question I've got for us today is, is we all know who the gospel is about, but do we know all the ingredients of that gospel? What is the content of that message? Now, that's a much deeper message, a much deeper question. And I've often thought about the fact that Jesus gave us these commandments in Matthew. He said to go, therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. He commissioned the disciples to get out there and make disciples. And then we know in Mark, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Whoever believes, whoever believes will be saved. And then he said in Luke 24, it's written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses. You are witnesses of these things. He's commissioning the disciples. He's saying, it's now your message. Jesus lived that message. It's now your message to get out there and preach the gospel. And then he says in John, so in every gospel, he says in John 20, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. 
and we preach these words and we tell it in our churches and you've heard it over and over again probably to go out there and preach the gospel to all nations. Go into your neighbours and your workplaces and your schools and wherever you are in your sphere of influence and preach this gospel and, and evangelise the lost. But you know, something that I've discovered having been in church life and ministry now for about 30 years, well, since 1995 I've been serving in churches and sharing this gospel message so often, is that so many Christians have very very little idea of actual the actual ingredients of that gospel message that we've been commissioned to go out there and share. And it's not because we can't share it or we're unable to preach it because Jesus wouldn't have commissioned us to do something that we're unable to do, true? It's because most of us have never actually been equipped with those ingredients or taught those ingredients. It's hardly ever really been modelled for us and we've hardly or rarely ever been taught how to share it and we've never been given the chance to practice it. And we've probably read the Great Commission a hundred times or heard it preached a thousand times and we've prayed about it. God, help me be your witness. Help me have courage to share the gospel. We've heard those sermons on evangelism because that's what Jesus said we should do, right? After all, it's the core of our message. Remember Paul's words in Romans 1.16? He said, For I am not ashamed of this gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew and then to the Gentile. So we know we need to do it, true? We know we need to do it. We've told we've got to get out there and do it. We've been told but not really trained. We've been told but not really taught what it actually means, how to communicate and the ingredients of that gospel. So what is today all about? That's what we're going to do. I want it to be normal practice among us here at Creekside that what Jesus said to us in going out preaching the gospel, that we would understand it, we'd know the core ingredients and we could then just let it start to roll off our tongue in bite-sized pieces. How's that sound? Does that sound Okay. So let's start right here. We all like a good piece of cake, right? A nice cake. I want you to turn to the person next to you just for 30 seconds and I want you to talk about your favourite type of cake. What type of cake? What is it that you love about it? Can you do that for 30 seconds? Okay. So give me a couple of examples. Some favourite piece, some favourite cakes of yours. Let me hear a couple. Fruit cake. Chocolate cake. Chocolate fudge cake. Some others? Pardon? A bee sting. Oh, a bee sting. Whoa. It's a bit extravagant. A couple of others? Black forest. Baked cheesecake. Whoa. Okay. Well, something over here? You guys don't like cake over here? What's going on? Chocolate mud cake. They said chocolate mud cake. All right. Okay. So lots and lots of different cake. Have you ever had a cake and you thought, there's something not right in this cake? There's some piece, there's some ingredient missing. Have you ever thought that and you've tried someone else's cake? It's just not right um, because it wouldn't happen to one of your cakes that you baked, right? But I remember, I won't say which daughter it was of mine who baked a cake, but I can remember one of the ingredients was just not quite right. In fact, one time she baked a cake, just didn't rise. So what would be the wrong ingredient? The flour, right? Probably didn't use ripe rising flour, whatever, self-raising flour. And, and then one time I tasted this cake. It looked beautiful, but we taste, I tasted this cake. It was like, oh, there's something not right. And we worked out that she used 
um, salt instead of sugar. <laughs> salt instead of sugar. So you can see the ingredients are really important that you get it right. Like if you don't put egg in your cake, then it's not going to taste right. It's not going to bond. It's not going to be moist. So if you don't put sugar in, it's not going to taste sweet. It's not going to be right. It's not the proper recipe. It wouldn't be right. The full gospel is like a really good cake in that way. There is ingredients to it, and we need all those ingredients to make the full gospel, to understand it fully, and for it to have purpose, and to achieve its purpose of bringing salvation to all those who believe in it, especially for a non-Christian who many of them actually know nothing about Jesus, the song about the blood before, they wouldn't really understand in this day and age. People don't know that much about Jesus. So all the ingredients of this gospel are really required and, and important. The full gospel takes nothing for granted and it presumes that non-Christians know nothing about Jesus, but to proclaim it or to preach that full gospel, you first need to know what those ingredients actually are, learn them, get them in your mind, and then let them start rolling off your tongue. Does that make sense? If you're going to get out there and preach the gospel, you've got to know what it is. Firstly, to be able to preach it. Hello? Okay, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to make the gospel cake perfect so it tastes right. So in a nutshell, the gospel is going to explain who Jesus is. Everyone say who. It's going to explain who Jesus is. It's going to explain why he is, he is so significant. Everyone say why. And then it's going to say what now. What are we going to do about it? Everyone say what. So it's the who, the why, and the what. And that's what we're going to focus on. For example, I need to know the why. You can't have just the who. You've got to have the why. I've got to know why am I separated from God. You can't just say to someone you're separated from God. You need to say, why am I separated? And I'm separated because God is holy and I am a sinner. You need to say, well, why can't God let me into heaven? You need to be able to say, because God is righteous and I am unrighteous. He is holy and I am unholy. Why must I be judged? Because I have broken God's holy laws and created a gap there that someone needs to step in and make peace, make redempt, a redemptive peace for me. Why did God send Jesus? Because I needed a saviour to take my judgment. That's why he sent Jesus. Why must I make him my Lord? Because I need to repent and turn away from my sins and surrender my life to him to be the leader of my life. So it's not just him coming as my saviour, but it's me surrendering my life back to him. Now, right there is the full gospel in about 30 seconds. You see, the gospel's not just some random phrases that we come up with, some random Christian message like, oh, come to church and life will get a lot better. Just come to church with me. That's not the gospel. Or God is awesome, he's so great, you should try him. That's just a Christian thing, a Christian phrase. God loves you and you need him in your life. It's like, well, that's not the gospel. They're just Christian phrases. They're just things like, you know, even our testimony, when we share our testimony with someone of what God's done in our life, that doesn't even really sometimes include all the ingredients of the gospel. How God changed my life, it's a very important part of my presentation of the gospel. It's part of it, but it's not the ingredients of this very well-defined message that Jesus asked us to preach. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It changes people's lives when they believe in it. It's profound, it's life-transforming, it's a message that has 
at least, it's got five key ingredients. In other words, the gospel is defined by its content. And without any one of those ingredients, you're not going to have the full gospel. Does this make sense so far? When Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel, he was talking about a very specific message, a message of his grace that's intended to be spoken out. Some people say, you know, you can live, you can preach the gospel and if you need to, use words. Have you heard that before? Well, that's not what Jesus said. He said, preach the gospel. What does preach mean? Preach means to speak out. We are to speak out this message. Yes, we're to live it because the Holy Spirit has changed our life and we want to be like Christ. Of course, we're going to live the gospel out in front of people. But he didn't say live the gospel in front of people. He said preach the gospel. So we have to know and understand it so we can preach it. In the book of Acts, the disciples went from city to city. They preached the gospel and then slightly different ways, but always tailored it with the same ingredients. Would you like to know the ingredients? Yes. Scholars have studied what the gospel is and they've summarized it and these ingredients tend to always come up, these five ingredients. But if you were to find the common thread through all their different summaries, it's these five things that always stand out. So we're going to have a look at them now. The gospel ingredients. We'll read out these five. Ready? Sin, righteousness, judgment, Jesus as Saviour, Jesus as Lord. Let's do it again. Sin, righteousness, judgment, Jesus as Saviour, Jesus as Lord. I don't have a fancy acronym or, you know, special way of saying You've just got to learn it, okay? Sin, righteousness, judgment, Jesus as Saviour, Jesus as Lord. If you can start to get this in your mind, into your DNA, it'll start to roll off your tongue. You've got to understand what these five things are. And in a few minutes, once I've explained it to you, you're going to have a go. You're going to practice with the person with you, next to you, or little groups of three. Okay, we're going to spend a few minutes, and I'm going to let you practice it in here where you can make mistakes and who cares, okay, before you have to go out there and preach it to people. Does that sound okay? Don't get too nervous. We'll just have fun with it today, okay? It's not about putting you on the spot. It's about you saying, yes, I can do this, because Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit says you'll have power on you to be my witnesses. So can you be a witness in this room before you go out there and be a witness? Yes or yes? Absolutely. So that's what we'll have a go at today. So we're going to give you a little summary of what these five ingredients are first, and then you're going to have your 30 seconds to a minute where you can just turn to each other and try and explain the gospel, those five ingredients. I'll have them on the screen. You can refer to them, and you just have a go of practicing doing that. Okay, so the first one is sin. Sin. God created me to be in a relationship with him, But I have a problem. I've sinned. I've fallen short of God's glorious standards. It says there in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's now a gap between me. I've been separated from God because God is holy. And holy means that he is perfect. And I am not perfect. The Bible says in Romans 3.10 that there is no unrighteous, not even one. Which is why God is, as we can see, is righteous and I am unrighteous. Since I've sinned and because God is righteous, that means that there's nothing that I can do to make my way into heaven. There's no ladder of, you know, do this and do that and be good and be kind and get to heaven by doing all the right things. I can't do anything in my own righteousness to make my way to God's holiness in his righteousness. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. 
All I've earned from my sin is spiritual death. So there's complete separation from God and myself for all eternity. I would live in a Christless eternity because of my unrighteousness. I have earned spiritual death. That's why he's saying the wages of sin is death. I've earned spiritual death. And it's only through what Jesus has done, not by what I have done, nothing I can do, but by what he's done, that I could have spiritual life. I can't do enough good things in my own strength to get there. In Romans 6.23, he goes on, he says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Without Jesus, I have nothing. I have a massive problem, and that's I'm stuck in my unrighteousness. With Jesus, I have eternal life. It leads me into judgment. The Bible says that one day we will all be judged. We'll come before him in judgment. In other words, we are accountable for our sins, and we will be judged by God for our sins. Imagine being in a courtroom, and you're found guilty of your sins. That's a big problem because punishment would mean that you would be separated from God for all eternity. And that would be hell, wouldn't it? To be separated from God for all eternity. My problem is that I need a saviour. I need Jesus. I need him to step in my place and take my judgment for me. The Bible says in Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He became our saviour. Thankfully, God's solution to my problem is that he gave me his son, a gift to be my saviour. Through his sacrificial death on the cross, we just learned about the, sang about the blood. We'll take communion. We do it every week. We remember the blood. Through his sacrificial death, he paid the punishment for my sins. Jesus forgave me for my sins. He redeemed us from our unrighteousness by stepping in and shedding his perfect blood and rising from the dead. He stands in our place now on judgment day. When I'm judged, he is there. God looks at me through Christ. Like if I'm the courtroom, he stood up and took my crime. He took my punishment. He took my place. He has been trialed now in my place and taken the guilt and my shame and all the sins that were on my shoulders and now on his shoulders. In fact, all the sins of the whole world Every single one of you, past, present, and future, was placed on his shoulders. Isn't that amazing? Jesus came as our saviour. And God sees us now as his perfect children because of the righteous blood of Christ that has washed away our guilt. And all we need to do is confess him as our saviour, and he will save us. We can so we simply believe in him by faith and confess him as our saviour. That's what Jesus did for us. It says in Romans 10, 9 to 10, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's a gift of God's grace. It's not deserved, it's a gift. Nothing you can do for it. It's a gift. God loved you so much that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. All you need to do is believe. He gave you the gift of his son, Jesus. Isn't that amazing? It says in Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Beautiful. 
There's one more essential ingredient of the gospel that's often left out. People stop at Jesus as Savior, but this one is so important. Jesus is not only our Savior and rescuing us from sin and redeeming us from our guilt of our unrighteousness. We also need to make Jesus our Lord. We need him as the Lord of our lives. This is all about repenting of our sins, which means turning around and living a different life. It's it's saying, I'm going to live with God's way instead of my way. I'm going to live with God's perfect plan for my life and follow his will and his word. I'm going to follow his way instead of the way of the world. I'm going to follow his way instead of the way of the flesh. I'm going to follow God and be spirit-led. I'm going to make him the Lord of my life, which means he's the leader of my life. It means he's in charge. So I only re- I receive him as my saviour, but I offer him myself and make him my Lord. It's a relationship. And it says in Romans 5, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Lord, which means he's our leader. I have surrendered to him as my leader. It's through whom we, him that we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. I stand in him. I don't just live for him. I stand in him. He is my Lord. He's over my life. He's, he's everything to me. My life is built around him. Jesus is the center and everything revolves around Jesus in my life. He's the Lord. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Right there, those five key elements are the gospel. If you want to share the full gospel, that's what it is. Of course, that was the five to ten minute version. You can do it in 30 seconds. You talk about sin. I'm a sinner. I've fallen so far short of the glory of God. So have you. We're all sinners, right? And God is righteous, which means he's holy, separate from me, because I'm unholy and I'm unrighteous. So there's this gap there. And someone has to pay the price. There's a judgment day coming. And for all my sins, someone has to pay the price. And if I don't have a savior, it's going to be me. I'm going to be the one taking on that. And that would be an eternal separation from God. And that would be hell, wouldn't it? But because Jesus came and paid the price, he took my judgment and became my savior. God sent him. You can use, you can use that beautiful memory verse. In John 3.16, God said his only son, his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And I've chosen to believe in him, made him my saviour. But not only that, I've turned around and made him my Lord. I've made him the Lord of my life, Jesus as Lord. I've repented of my sins. And that's what you need to do too. You need to repent of your sins. That means turn around. Can you see who Jesus is? Can you see you've got a problem? You've got sin. You've got unrighteousness. You've got judgment. That's your problem. You can see the solution is that God gave you a savior. He gave you Jesus as savior. And the what now is let's make him Lord. Receive him as savior. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Be saved. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Okay. I'm going to say, we'll leave this on the screen here for a minute. We're going to take a minute or two to just spend a little bit of time together, okay, as a congregation, just being connected and talking 
And I want you to share a little bit of, you can look up at the screen and use these five things and just start to let it roll if your time might be a bit awkward at first and I get that. I've done this hundreds of times so it starts rolling off your tongue after a while. But initially it can be awkward and weird. It's a, it might be a new thing for you and it's a bit scary. But let's do it. Push through it. Can we do that? Let's spend a few minutes, talk to each other, team up and support one another in sharing the gospel. Okay, was that helpful? Was that fun? Or was it a bit scary? One thing to remember when we were just chatting, I was there with Andrew and Jack up the back there. We were having a go. And the thing that we um, got to was Jesus' Saviour, but we forgot about Jesus' Lord a couple of times there. So we want us to remember, you can have your seat in heaven. You can have Jesus' Saviour. says, yes, Jesus is my Saviour. I've made it to heaven. Praise God. But on this side of eternity, God wants to make a difference in your life and he wants you to actually live for him, which means you make Jesus as Lord. That means turn your life around. That means change the way you live. He is now our Lord. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. He is a good God. This is an easy way now for you to remember, for you to remember the kind of ingredients that you need to preach when you share the gospel with someone. Remember the why we need to be saved? That covers the ingredients of sin and righteousness and judgment. We remember the how Jesus can save us, which is that Jesus is our saviour. And we remember the what we need to do, which is to make Jesus as Lord. As you miss out on number one, why would people even want to hear about Jesus as saviour? If you haven't told them about sin and righteousness and judgment, why would they just think you're some pushy Christian telling them you need a saviour? They say, what do I need a saviour for? They don't understand that they're sinners and they're unrighteous and that they're going to be judged. You've got to start with the problem first before you give the solution. If we miss number one, then the the why or the what, then we're in trouble. And, uh, of course, we can't miss out on on Jesus as saviour because that is our message. That is the core of what we're about. And we don't want to miss out on the what now, that Jesus is our Lord. As Christians, the gospel is our most powerful message. It's the core of who we are as Christians. It always has been. It always will be. What you just did there talking to your neighbour, that is the core of what we are on about as a church. So we need to be fluent in this. The gospel message is is not just information about Jesus. It's the gospel that changes lives, it says. It's empowered by God. It's ordained by him to save people. He works through this message to bring salvation. Billy Graham, we all know that name, I'm sure. Billy Graham wrote these words. I have found that there is a supernatural power in this message that cannot be rationally explained. The gospel has its own communicative power. When we preach Christ crucified, there is power dynamite in it. This is the gospel I have declared on every continent and before every conceivable group. Establishing relationships with non-church people out there in our community, establishing relationships with non-Christians is a very powerful thing to do and we kind of meeting their needs and building friendships and answering their questions and praying for them and fasting and all the things we do, yet none of those activities 
are given the same power status as what the New Testament gives the gospel. Paul didn't say, go and establish friendships and go and you know, pray for people and meet their needs and answer their questions and fast for them and that. He didn't say, go and do that with non-church people. He says, it's the power of the gospel that brings salvation for all who believe. Uniquely and unashamedly, the gospel is singled out in the New Testament as the supreme message for salvation of lost souls. That's why it says in Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it, it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes in it. Isn't that true? That's what changed your life, church. That message is what changed your life. Okay, we're going to have communion together. And I have the worship team come. We're going to sing the blood. It's all about the gospel, the blood of Jesus. And we'll come forward, take the the cup, spend a moment here at the altar, will you? Thank God for the gospel. Thank God that the gospel came into your life, into your heart. Pray for someone that you need to share the gospel with while you stand here at this altar and take communion this morning, okay? We can take a little bit of time. There's no rush. We've got five to ten minutes and then we'll be done, okay?